So my passion for wine got deeper. I was fascinated about the whole production here in the new world because the new world is different. You see the people and the tourism and the wineries with huge passion. Everybody loves to talk about the wine they produce because they put really the whole soul in it. And if you do a wine tasting, maybe in France or in Italy, it's, it's different. They have a different kind of manner to show what they are doing. So in Mendoza, you, as a, as a tourist, you will really be blown away about the generosity of all the wineries. So gastronomy, uh, hospitality and wine is for me a really a perfect match. Hello there. If you find yourself looking for a slower way of life, of travels, of connecting to the people and the places around you, you're in good company. Join me, Molly Reese, for season four of our series, a season of celebration and community with families all around the world who welcome us to breathe in the crisp air, sip slowly from a warm mug, and cozy up by the fireplace as we gather around festive memories and merry conversations. This is Stay in Good Company. Today, we're in great company with Cecil Adam, owner of Entre Cielos, Mendoza's luxury resort for sipping, spa, and solitude, where guests can savor playful yet holistic experiences set in the captivating Malbec vineyards overlooking the snow-capped Andes of central West Argentina. Cecil, bienvenida to the show. Happy to have you in our company. Thank you, Molly. I'm super happy also to be here and to be able to share a bit of my story. Yes, we are looking forward to getting into it. Now, before we get to know your magical modern boutique hotel in the heart of Latin America's largest wine region, we, of course, want to get to know you. So can you tell us about your own upbringing, personal passions and early career in Switzerland before calling Argentina home? I'm Cecilia Adam, daughter of a Norwegian mother and a French Swiss father. I raised up in Switzerland mainly and lived just one year in Norway. After my mother divorced, when I was six, I have both passports in Swiss and Norwegian, which made me from baby on travel a lot to the family of Norway, back to Switzerland. So the travel is something that I have in my blood. My mother, she married again with Dirk. He brought three brothers into the family, which made me safe from being super egocentric. So I learned with 10 years old to share attentions of the parents. And that was a really important milestone also in my life and in my education. My father is an entrepreneur, was a very successful businessman. He built an important producing diagnostic medicals company. So as a child, I always went to work with him in my holidays and learned from small on what it is to have a business also. So I, I learned to be in all the departments of the industrial company that was really something that made me being a bit entrepreneur also. Then I chose to study pedagogic and I went to Swiss University to become a teacher. I loved this profession mainly because of a professor. He inspired me. He became also my mentor and now is a dear friend. He had developed a holistic resource-orientated teaching methodology and I learned my practice with him. So when he decided to make this his own school, I was his first teacher employee. And together we built up Reos, which is a private school in Bern for pupils who had any kind of struggle or who needed guidance to learn and organize their life and get like a vision of what they're going to be. So we are talking about hospitality stories, but it's part of my life, right? What I learned here with being a professor is was learning to serve with joy the unknown and sometimes chaotic situations. 
So I moved a lot in my childhood, never had a chance to grow roots in a place, which made it for me easy to adapt to new surroundings and places. When I worked in this school as teacher, I once expressed the wish to take a sabbatical year and solo travel. So Jacob pushed me to do this. This was in 2003. Uh, I was 33 years old. So I was able to do this because of some savings, but also thanks to my father that helped me fulfilling this dream. So I started this sabbatical with, ship, with a container ship that cruised from Italy to South Korea. This was my first solo experience in my life. <laughs> I had to learn the hard way how to get to a restaurant, how to understand where you have to eat, how to move, because solo traveler women were not really well seen in this uh, culture. At that moment, probably it has changed today. So after that, I went to Seoul, which is much more international. And from there, I went to Mongolia. So I went back to Europe. I bought a Volkswagen bus to travel through Europe still doing my sabbatical year, went to Norway, to Scotland, Shetland, and there I stayed a little bit with my family and got a call from Jacob that he needed help. So I shortened a little bit my sabbatical year to nine months, went back and helped him. But at the same time, my father called me and he needed me to take over the HR directory, which made that I decided to help my father and change my career. I never got the passion for it, so I, well, I accepted it just to learn it and to see, okay, can I maybe help my father? And we all decided with him to sell it. So it was brought from Bioret. It was a super interesting project for me to be able to make a, a merge of companies, an American company with a Swiss company. So I learned a lot during this time. When he sold it, my father really shared a generous sum with my brother and with me. So this made me rethink with a high privilege of life what I could do with all that. So this inheritance made me join all my friends that I had at that moment. We should do something really meaningful and get out of this plain vanilla life, right? This is something that we don't really like and I don't like complaining about the life, so we have to change that. So together with them, we developed a project of, of wanting to do hospitality. That was a dream of my friend, my girlfriend, Daniela. She always wanted to be a hotelier. And so with a friend, I went to Thailand to really get out of the whole system and to find out, okay, where are we going to do this project? We had time. So that was a really privileged situation we had. So after two months, we decided to move to Argentina. Argentina was winning in the whole evaluation of where to do such a project of hospitality besides France, because it was more adventurous. It was really what we wanted, because we wanted to challenge ourselves, starting on a completely new world, in a new place, with a new language, new industry, something we really, nobody knew anything about what we wanted to do. So that was a challenge we wanted to experience. So that said, we went to Argentina, found these amazing properties after traveling with a real estateer to Argentina, we were like Buenos Aires, Córdoba, and Mendoza, but we all completely fell in love with Mendoza because it, Mendoza has a special energy. It has a wonderful clima. It is, it's warm. It has this amazing Andes mountains right in front of you. The sky is always blue. It, is, it gives you a huge feeling of sky, which we in Europe don't have anymore. So we, we completely get in awe when we saw this property. This is like a little bit sort of wrap up how I came to Mendoza. I'm so happy we did that, you know, stepping out of the normal, boring life that could have been 
lucrative, interesting, all that also, but building up something for your own has something very rewarding. What a wonderful story. That's why I love having these conversations is because you get to see the thread woven throughout and you might not have thought about it at the time, but living with an entrepreneurial father, growing up in a family with brothers, I myself, my parents were entrepreneurs. I'm the oldest of four. We have that sense of travel. So I see a lot of similarities there, but that really shaped you into being the confident person that you could be to go out and travel, to go and meet new people, to understand new cultures. You have with your career and background in teaching too, you have that learned mindset and that curiosity and you really understand people. And so seeing all of that might not have made you realize at the time that, oh, one day I'm going to move to Argentina and open a hotel, but it all taught you the lessons that you needed, built the confidence that you needed to go off on this adventure, like you said. And so I wonder now looking back at it, was there anything that you really miss about your life in Switzerland or your previous careers that you have tried to incorporate here in your new home in Argentina? Yes, there is. First, my family and my friends. So that's what I really always will miss. But then there are some stupid things that one start missing when you don't have it or realizing that it's nice in one part and in the other it's missing and vice versa. So it's the public transportation service, the public service attitude. Argentina has nothing about that. So it is something I certainly miss also uh, in aspects of Swiss culture. And, uh, well, some food, cheese and chocolate, right? <laughs> That's something that the Swiss always going to miss. The fondue, the raclette, the excellent cheeses that we have. And Switzerland has neighbors like France, Germany, Italy. So we have all the best foods right, right there in the center. In Switzerland, we have a different kind of management. So the participative management was something that the Argentines, like 10 years ago, when we started the business, 14 years ago, actually, uh, it was hard because my, my employees, they didn't understand why I'm asking them how they think they would do it or asking for their opinions. So they were first a little bit shocked about this kind of uh, questions and because they used to get orders, right? So this was a big thing that I... I didn't want to give up and didn't want to change, and we made it. It took a long time, actually. So this is something that was um, an interesting cultural benefit that both of us could have, right? And also the Argentine culture, of course, has an amazing big heart for their friends and family. So this is something we don't have in Europe. So this is a super nice combination, given a little bit more um, organization, planning, uh, giving this to the Argentines, and they gave us the warmth, the, the welcoming feeling of, of the humanities. Oh, that's so wonderful that you're able to blend both worlds. And throughout your travels, you've been able to see the benefits of these different cultures, and you're able to incorporate all of them. And then, of course, you can have your friends and family provide them with a grocery list to bring to you when they come and visit of your cheese and your chocolates, because I would do just the same. And I do that every time I go to Europe. But I do think that what's so beautiful about the region of Mendoza, which you've shared a little bit about and we'll get into in further detail, but for you, there has to be this passion for wine and for hosting people. So how does that really shape out in your mind? I, I never saw myself as being a hospitality person, but something I, as you said at the beginning, you don't know where you're going to end in your experience of life. Uh, the passion for wine is that we love to drink wine and taste wine and, and 
understanding Italian, French, Austrian, German wines. And as we were like quite a few people who were interested to do this project because I went there with my friends and then their family also got into it. So we were a bunch of people starting the whole project, about 15 people. With that in mind, we needed to have some entertainment or things to do. So producing something besides having a hospitality uh, project was something that we needed to have so everybody had something to do. So my passion for wine got deeper. I was fascinated about the whole production here in the New World because the New World is different. You see the people in the tourism and the wineries with huge passion. Everybody loves to talk about the wine they produce because they put really the whole soul in it. And if you do a wine tasting, maybe in France or in Italy, it's, it's different. They have a different kind of manner to show what they are doing. So in Mendoza, you, as a, as a tourist, you will really be blown away about the generosity of all the wineries. So gastronomy, uh, hospitality and wine is for me a really a perfect match. So suddenly I had to be the hospitality manager because my girlfriend, Daniela, who had this vision of being a hotelier, she suddenly found out that she really doesn't like too much to welcome the people in Mendoza at least. Maybe it's, it was a cultural thing. So nobody else was able or willing to do so. So I started to do that. I grew into it. I liked it because of my experience of travel and it's easy for me to talk to the guests, to exchange experiences and stories about travel. So I got that role and I started really to love it. So for the, at least seven years, I was the one who received the guests and who made the introduction, who was around, which is, it's a nice job, but it's also a bit, I say, it can be exhausting being always there in a, in a good mood and being there, presenting the things. So not to lose my current and my passion, I decided also now to delegate this. Also because uh, my philosophy is the hotel or business doesn't run well if the owner's eyes are not there or if you're not there. No, it's always going to be different. I think it's not sustainable on the long term to think like that and to live it. No? So it's, it's, for me, it's much more rewarding if you, if you reach to have a team who does that work and the guests are as happy as if it would be the owner receiving them, right? So we have a really nice team at the moment. That's so wonderful to hear that you were able to really be there in the thick of it and understand the, the day in the, in the day out and to meet the guests and understand their needs and their preferences, but then to be able to take that step back and be more strategic and to build and empower your team to do that as well. And I want to go back even further in the history of your property itself with the 20 acres of the abandoned vineyards. How did you actually come across it? And was it love at first sight? Yes, it was not love at first sight for me. But we were traveling in Argentina, right? In the different regions. Argentina is so huge. It has five different clima zones. And from Buenos Aires to Cordoba and Mendoza. In Mendoza, yes, I fell in love immediately because first of all, being Swiss, I think I need to see some mountains ahead of me <laughs> to feel happy in my center. So we had that in Mendoza. And then as an addition, uh, it has a blue sky all the time. It's like an oasis. Mendoza is in the desert, right? But it's an oasis because you have water channels everywhere, which made trees grow. So you have lots of roads and villages that are covered. The roads are covered with tree shadows. So it's it's beautiful. So you have this green oasis feeling. So yes, I fell a bit love in that. And then when we passed through the property, I saw this. And what I thought really was amazing is this view. And then being just 15 minutes to the center of Mendoza, 40 minutes to the airport. And Chacas de Coria is like small Beverly Hills 
from uh, from Argentina. So it's, it's like a really very nice neighborhood. So all this evaluation we did to choose before we chose to buy this property was like a big criteria list. We had grandparents with us, children that we went to have to go to school. We needed a health system, good schooling. So all this was part of the decision making. And when we saw this property, it was run down vineyard. So the property wasn't nice. It had an old winery, which was a broken rooftop and all that. So all this we saw we could not restore, but the, the location was amazing. So we decided to go for it and change our um, in initial plan. We had to create with architects that we luckily found, some amazing architects. And what we did now after 14 years when the whole landscaping now is grown and the trees are big and the vineyard has been planted. That was the first thing we did because we had to tear down the old vines. They were not watered with water for five years, so they, we could not restore them. And then designing the architecture, the, the hotel and the hammam. We did a hammam and the spa because we knew we we're going to have to do a luxury hotel because we want to have a small scale rooms. So we start with 16 rooms. And with that, it has to be luxury because if not, it's not sustainable. And luxury demands spa, services, restaurants, right? So all this then was what we designed with the architects. And we brought the hammam because I lived at this, just around the corner in Bern, around the hammam. And I thought, that's something new, innovative for South America. So let's bring that new culture to this new continent. Well, you had an open canvas, it sounds like for you to really get to know and understand the Argentinian culture and the region of Mendoza and honor that, but then bring in the different amenities and services that you wanted and that you experienced in your own travels. Hello, worldly travelers and loyal listeners. Do you know of places and people we can stay in good company with? Are you yourself a host looking to share your story and welcome in good company? We're always looking for new places to travel, new people to meet. Share who you know and where they are by sending us a note at stayinggoodcompany.com or by mentioning us on our social media channels at Stay in Good Company. We'll be sure to give you a shout out when we're there. It's time for us all to take a trip to Entre Cielos as it stands today. Paint us a picture of your tranquil setting where wine meets wellness as we enter upon your boutique hotel, restaurant, and spa tucked among the celebrated Malbec vines that have made Mendoza one of the world's premier wine destinations. What can we expect to see, sip, and savor? When you arrive to Entre Cielos, first you will be welcomed by opening a gate. From outside, you have no idea what's behind, right? Because we, you come along a beautiful road, lots of trees, and then you arrive to a, a guard and he will welcome you with a glass of wine. And he will invite you to walk to the hotel, which is about 200 meters walk because our idea really was to share the whole property with this beautiful nature from start, right? So leave the car far away from all what you're going to see when you're in the hotel. You walk these 200 meters through Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc vineyard, Swiss style, like a goblet. On the left side, you're passing through some beautiful landscaping and Zen garden that we did with a bamboos wall. So beautiful space where you can do yoga, meditation, concerts, or events. So passing that, you will arrive to the hammam. The hammam is a bit laid down. You have to walk a bit down because the idea was 
entering your inner self, getting deep into yourself. So it's like going back to earth, right? Going to connect with yourself. So that's what physically we made it as visually so that you also go down to the hammam and make a nice retreat for yourself. So you continue the way. We have playful landscaping where people really can discover lots of things. Then you arrive to the hotel. You will be welcomed again by your reception team. They will show you how everything is. And then you go into one of your chosen categories of rooms. We have about six different hotel rooms that we designed. This is something, because we were no, no hoteliers, we didn't know the industry, right? When we constructed everything, we had people from hoteliers advising, but we didn't know it. So, so maybe what it was like a little error to do lots of different categories, different sizes, all that, because I complicated a little bit the sales, right? So this was a little bit things that I would change that next time we would build a hotel. Not complicate the things and maybe just do two categories of rooms. Anyways, we have these six rooms now, these six categories. So each one is different in his style and interior design. So you have, for all tastes, a really nice interior design. So you walk through the hallway that looks like visible concrete. So all the walls are gray, but we have the interior design with, with color. And so it's colorful without being like too colorful, right? It's modern. It's a modern feel without being too minimalistic. Being in a visual, beautiful thing, is beautiful environment for me is a part of creating happiness. So that was a bit the philosophy we did from scratch. So the connection with the nature, the beautiful interior design, the different kinds of rooms, the view that you have, the vineyard in front of you, it's really just always a big poster and beautiful just to look at. I still love it. Well, it certainly sounds like it. You paint a beautiful picture of the different areas of your property and how we can really explore and experience all the senses throughout. And I want to take a step back to the traditional hammam that you had built. Like you had said, it's Latin America's first and only really authentic Turkish hammam with the rituals of cleansing and relaxation. But what's really unique is that you utilize and harness the restorative qualities of wine through your grape-based treatments. So can you share a little bit more about these in particular? Yeah, so the Halamam is a thousand years old culture, and it had become popular to have this, those ones in each big cities in Switzerland, for example, you have a Halamam, because what we loved about it is that it has a social component, and it's not like the, the typical spa experience where you, ha you are usually clear spaces, lots of light, good masseuse, uh, nice rooms for the massage. So that's one of the big difference that we know about the hammam. So having this in mind, because also as a wellness experience, it's really beautiful, just doing the circuit of the hammam, which is starting with um, steam bath, which to acclimatize your body, you go into a steam room, which is about 40 degrees Celsius, just to acclimatize your body with uh, steam and the heat. Because all the hammam is, is a thing about your skin, right? And feeling well in your skin is really important. It's one of our biggest organs we have. So you start with the steam bath. Then after that, you go to another room where there's a bowl of the hammam and the pestemal that you take off and water. You exfoliate your body with this glove. You do it by yourself with your partner. And then you rinse your body with this water bowl. And after that, you go into a pool, which is about 35 degrees, which is to calm down a little bit the, the temperature 
it's nice, it's warm, so you are there, you're floating in the water, water element is always nice. Each circuit is 10 minutes, but the place you go. So after the pool, you go into a new steam bath, which yes, it's hotter because the idea is to detox and to really give heat in your body and start sweating. And we have uh, one of the typical herbs that we found in the hills of the Mendocinan pre-Andes. Very nice aromas. After that, you go to exfoliate in another room again, but with olive soap. So to nourish already a little bit your skin. And then you finalize the whole process on a hot stone where you lie down on your back and your spine of the back really gets this nice relaxing warmth into your body. This takes about one hour, this whole process. And with that, your mind, your body, and your whole spirit has a really relaxed feel. And why we think it is a super add-up for a luxury boutique hotel in the wine region, because in the whole hammam structure, we combine also the wine treatments. Because the wine, the grapes, they have amazing antioxidant components, the grapes, so you can actually do a real complete treatment only with wine grape products. So it's a great combination with Mendoza and being in the wine tourism. It's open to the public, so it's on reservation. And of course, our guests have always priority, but we have to reserve because it has become a big asset in whole Mendoza. So many people use it. So it's always busy. We have never pauses. So it has been a really great success. Absolutely. It's so neat to hear that you really allow your guests to experience something new such as this. It allows them to really pause and be present in the moment and in that sense of place and to do so in a way that's not as intimidating as if it were to be very traditional to a certain place or religion, but the way that you're approaching it, utilizing the local wine aspect, utilizing more of the stages, as you discussed, just allows someone to better understand it and to be willing to go through it. And then I'm sure after the fact, they just want to to do it again and again. (laughs) Now, I do want to, of course, transition to the world of wine. And given that there's such rich history and tradition of the land and the region in Mendoza and the birthplace of the Malbec grape, how does your own exclusive wine honor the sense of place? So when we started, we started also with making our own wine. The first brand was Marantal. So we had found a winemaker. He was actually also Swiss, but he lived in in Mendoza for a while, working in another winery. Because we didn't speak that well Spanish at the beginning, we were quite happy to make the wine with, with him. We started to make three hectares of Malbec wines for the first harvest 2011, 12. We did it by ourselves was a lot of work. Three hectares are 20 acres. Sounds small, but it's a lot if you're not used to do that work. And it's a young wine, so the grapes have not yet learned to grow as it should. So it was really a long harvest. It was very good to do it by your own because then we really appreciate much more that work. We couldn't walk for two weeks because our legs and muscles, because you knee down, you go up again, and your hands, and you have to cut. And so everything, the whole body was used as we never did. So that was a good experience. The thing is, it gave a lot of bottles of wine. So we had about 25,000 liters, which is about 18,000 bottles of wine. And you have to sell that. It's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, because now I just keep 2,000 kilos for me and the hotel. That's more than enough. 
even then we still have, and we decide to do the young wine because each new year you have again 20,000 bottles of wine. So it starts to stock up and it was, it was like a, a expensive and sad experience. We had to see that doesn't work so well because it's a different business to market wine. There's lots of wine labels around the world. So this is a complete, this is a different business. So I decided to stop that and we're selling the grapes to wineries and keep 2,000 kilos for our own joy and for our guests. And who wants to bring one of our, the house wine back home? They can, of course, but we are not selling it at any other place. So our honor to the wine region is first we have our hotel is in Vistalva. It's in Luján de Cuyo. That's where the first Malbecs uh, of high quality were grown. So it's because it has a really good clima zone. It's like a microclima. And the Malbec grape really is at its optimum in this area. So this is why we chose the Malbec grape. And it is actually a, a very good quality grape. So we are always finding interested people to buy the 30,000 kilos. And then what we are keeping for ourselves and then the rest we are selling is, a, it's not a business. It's just a, it's a covering cost thing because the vineyard for us is part of the tourism experience, is part of the landscaping, is part of the culture. So it's not a, a business idea having the wine. So this new project that we have now, which is called Easy Wine, Easy for Entre Cielos, and also because it sounds like easy. So it's a easy to drink wine, easy to produce wine. We are filling it in, in, in sachets. So it's an open wine, so it's not a bottle. You get your one liters glass carafe. So this is the honor for us, for our guests, so that they experience really the wine that has grown in, in the property. But besides our own house wine, we of course have a huge wine cellar with specific wine producers because I really like to give focus on organic wines. There's a nice community and growing community to do organic wine production. So we are giving the space for them to present their wines there. Some of them are really high quality and very innovative. A third is about organic biologic wines from small producers. Then a third is what we really love, the wines that we like and we taste with the sommelier and nice small boutique wineries. And then a third is the big brands that people want to know and drink and that are from bigger wineries. So this is about the wine cellar we have. We have about 120 wine labels in our cellar. So wine tastings are, of course, important experience that we want our guests to see. We educate them with a tasting for free, where we give them the first introduction about how to taste so that they can go to the wineries already with a little bit more of knowledge, how to make tastings. So that's for free. That's part of our service for our guests. It's called Wine Time. And then, of course, you can buy uh, different kinds of tastings, which are then at cost, right? of all the different kinds of wineries, regions of Argentina. So our honor to Mendoza is really honor the wine because in the wine, you have a whole culture inside and also the people producing it, they love to talk about it. We invite winemakers to tell about how they make the wine. We have sommeliers who explain you why it's good for this food, why it's good for that. So it's educative. I love the passion that you have for wine, but also the appreciation for the expertise that are already there. And so while you're focused on the resort property and you of course have the beautiful land and, and the vineyards to offer, 
you're able to work and collaborate and partner with other experts in the wine industry themselves who are then able to sell the wine or to recommend the best wine for you and to create those experiences for your guests. So I think that it's really unique, the blend that you offer. And again, for the guest, it's just providing them even more opportunity to learn and to explore. And similarly, if we were to dine in good company at your restaurant, whether for breakfast, lunch, high tea, or dinner, I'm sure there's a lot of regional flavors and modern twists that we would find on our plate and in our glass. So can you share a little bit more of what we can expect around our table there? For us, the breakfast is like the first important good gastronomic experience that our guests have to experience. Our focus is here on the healthy breakfast, but also with a part of the local typical breakfast. So you will find a section of the typical tortitas, that's the Mendocinian small bread with animal fat. <laughs> so it's very typical. So in Mendoza, you eat one of those in breakfast and you don't need to eat anything until two o'clock in the afternoon. Or the sweet uh, media lunas, which is the famous uh, croissant, but it's the Mendocinian tradition. So they like to eat sweet in the breakfast. And then we have the, the, the fruits, uh, the vegetables, and homemade bread. So we have Swiss recipes for bread because bread is something important for me. It's also something that I think it's important to have a good and healthy bread. So we have um, our own bread production, a little bit of creativity, and then, of course, self-made kombucha, the smoothies, fermented different kinds of vegetables and fruits. At lunchtime, we have... Uh, a light menu, uh, it's actually it's a la carte. I think it's really important to have fresh and good salads, always. So we have a nice variety of salads that are, can be eaten as a full meal. And then we have the classic meat. We know Argentina is famous for its meat quality and I have to admit it is really the best meat you can have. The evening cart is a bit more elegant. Also we change always the scenery in the restaurant. We have a five-step menu or three-step menu where we combine a wine with each step. So it's a wine tasting menu that we like to offer. This is changing each season. So Mendoza is known for having a really good quality vegetable growing. So it has a nice clima for vegetable and fruits. And the, the taste is very good. So it's, we have found some really good providers who are organic. So they provide very good quality of, of vegetables and fruits. That's about what you can find in the gastronomy of Entre Cielos. It's a simple but tasteful and visibly really nice. It's important to eat something beautifully presented, right? All the senses. Well, you're speaking specifically to my stomach. I love the sounds of all of that. And if you could go a little bit more into your Argentinian barbecue, like you said, or Argentina is very well known for its meat, or should I say asado. So do you mind sharing a bit more about that experience that you offer? Yes. So the barbecue is, is a nice experience because you really get to appreciate all parts of the cow. It starts with visible fires because the chef already starts cooking and preparing the fires two hours before. In, in Argentina, it's much more appreciated to cook the meat on, on coal, on wooden coal, on the real coal, if you want that. And so you do everything uh, visibly. So you have a big fire, people can come with a little aperitivo and have a look about the asador, it's called asador, is doing. So he has his gaucho uniform and preparing this amazing defile of different kinds of meat. 
So it starts with the crusty intestines, little snacks, made with uh, lots of uh, lemon, then sweet bread. So these are small portions and they are heavy in proteins. So it's something that if you want to be somebody who has made the whole experience, you have to eat that. Then you get a certificate because you did. You still continue with some really good blood sausage and with chorizo, which is a nice mix of embutidos. And then the real filet comes. You have the similar T-bone and then the filet. And then you finish with the dessert, which is usually a creme brulee. And all this, it takes about one hour, the whole defilé of these different kinds of meat. And on your table, you have the salads, you have some pickles, some things to mix with the meat and some potatoes, of course. The nice thing about it is that it's like a community table. And if guests want to, they can really join and discuss with the other guests, experience the whole Argentine family feeling. So usually on Sundays, it's big table. Everybody brings something for the tables like salads and side dishes. And then we have somebody always on the fires preparing the different kinds of meats, bringing it like in different timings. So this is the barbecue experience. We ask our folkloric dancers to come and make a little show. The folkloric dance in Mendoza is awesome. It's beautiful. So we don't do the tango because tango is Buenos Aires. I love tango and lo looking at it. But Mendoza is more folkloric. So it's a good thing to show also this culture. They love to dance. So it's also a nice experience that is accompanying the whole barbecue experience. Well, it sounds like such a celebration of the culture, of the cuisine, of the community. And for guests to be welcomed to experience that. And yes, the food is delicious, I'm sure. And it pairs perfectly with the wine. It's about all those other details and learning how the meat is prepared and honoring the people who are preparing it. And then watching the dancing, hearing the music. It's such a memory in and of itself beyond just the plate. So I love how you really highlight and celebrate all of that. I forgot something very important. Yes, Before we have the whole barbecue experience, we learn to make our own empanadas. Empanadas is something very traditional. So it's a filling that you prepare and then you involve it into a dough and then you make your own one. So this is a nice interactivity. The chef is teaching how to make your own empanadas. They give you also the recipe so you can bring that with your home. So you can also do once a little event with some empanadas from Argentina. Well, it's certainly something that I will want a recipe for, or perhaps to do a virtual video of. That sounds so delicious. Now, I'm sure I speak for both myself and our listeners in wanting to know what the future holds for you, your family, and your future guests at Entre Seals. So what can future guests look forward to? What's new or coming soon that you're most excited about? So we are um, renovating the design of two categories of rooms. This is something we are doing now and then time by time renovating the duplex and the master suite just to update a little bit the design. And we have bought the property that was at the top of the property of Entre Cielos, which has with that a new entry and with having another entry that we will add some residences. So guests for long-term stays also and using the services of Entre Cielos with that. So that's a new project we have ahead of us besides updating a little bit the look and feel of some of the rooms that we have. Well, that's certainly something that is so unique to the fact that people are able to work remote and travel more slowly and mindfully, people such as myself. So that type of longer term stay where we can really get to know the community and to experience all the different services that you offer, I'm sure will be a 
big success. Thank you. Yes, that's, that's the idea. That's the idea. And so what about for you personally, as the sole female proprietor in Mendoza and the proud owner of this boutique resort, how do you hope to grow personally and in your community? So since I took over the hotel fully, I make also a big change for myself. I just really appreciate a lot the whole community that has been built. So for me, I'm more at service of, for my employees and the employees are at service for my guests. This is something that is really important for me because those are my most important assets. I can have a beautiful building, beautiful garden, but if the people are not able to transmit what I want to transmit, then it's on vain, right? So it's important for me that they are, they are well, they have the basic needs really filled so they are not struggling financially, uh, that they are motivated, it's supportive, that it's kind, um, and that they can also grow. We help them grow and go into studies so they can really make a career. So this is something that I think it's essential in our business. So that said, being at service for people really makes me happy. Having the ability and the privilege to create spaces and in environments that people actually can also create their own life and create a meaningful life for themselves. Now that's my little grain I can give in my little ecosystem that I've created and my husband, it's in Argentine, so he's from Mendoza. I married him this year. <laughs> we found a big love together. He's my best companion and he's helping me a lot. Also to understand much better the Mendocinian culture and the need of the, the people, which as a foreigner, I will never really understand because I'm coming from another other culture, right? So he's helping me a lot with that and has the same philosophy as well as my general manager. So we are three in a super good leading team. So the direction is very harmonic and all decisions are discussed. I'm not the one who owns the truth and the opinions. So for me, that's really uh, valuable for the whole life. No, always being with people that are complementing yourself and creating a good working ambience. Absolutely. Well, you can just hear it in your voice, the spirit that you're creating with your team, with your partner, with your general manager. It's something that everyone is contributing to. So you can hear it come through in the stories that you share. And it sounds like you're just really setting Andresios up for success in the future. Hello, worldly travelers and loyal listeners. Are you too planning your upcoming travels and in search of independently owned and operated stays and experiences to visit along the way head on over to stayinggoodcompany.com or our social media channels at stayinggoodcompany and drop us a note with where you're going and when and we'll be sure to set you up in good company for your trip just don't be surprised if we hide away in your suitcase and join you in your journeys now that we know what it's like to stay in good company at Andrea Cielos, we've learned and grown in good company with you, Cecil, and thus I have a few final questions, what I like to call a toast to table topics. Who is a dream dinner or overnight guest at Andrea Cielos? Oh, for me, that's my family from Switzerland, all of them, and my friends from Switzerland, and then together with my Argentine family, that's my dream table. Oh, it certainly sounds like it. What would be your go-to wine and food pairing that would serve them? The orange wines is a new trend and pairs very well to anything. It's amazing. Our five-step menu is really delicious and has a wine pairing with, with the orange wine. It's white wine, the Malbec, pickled Malbec, and then it's a sweet wine, everything from Mendoza. So that's the perfect pairing with the menu that we have seasonal changes in. So 
that would be what I would serve. Absolutely. I do love a good glass of orange wine when I can find it. Now, where is your favorite spot to sneak away to on your property? That's the hammam. <laughs> it sounds like it would be for many people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go as, as much as I wanted to and I needed to, but uh, when I'm around, I'm, I'm, I'm in the restaurant, I'm in the hotel, in the, hotel, in the garden, but when I have to escape, I go to the hammam where nobody will find me. There is no internet. There's nothing. Nobody can call me. So that's my place to escape. Good. Well, yes, you need to, of course, keep up on your research, make sure it's in tip top shape, but then really take that time for self-care as well. Yes. Now, do you have a favorite season in Mendoza and why is that? I actually love all four seasons because I loved, I like the winter, I like the summer, but most of the people really enjoy October, November, which is our spring, and then March, April, which is our autumn, because of the colors, because of the ability to be outside. It's not too cold, it's not too warm, because December, January can be quite hot, 40 degrees Celsius, and the winter is too cold to be outside, because all our place in Entrecelos is made to share, to being outside. We have beautiful terrace, we have outdoor restaurants, it's all done a little bit to be outside, we have this beautiful pool. So those are my favorite months. Do you have a favorite wine region or property to travel to outside of Mendoza? So I love Salta. I like also Malargue, which north is Salta and the south is Malargue, because I love to go by motorbike. So with my husband, we do sometimes motorbike tours, and it's a beautiful way to discover this amazing country. And Salta has magical, surreal landscaping. Surreal, and it's impressive. They are not that connected touristly, so that's why it's maybe not that, it's more remote. We have wonderful hotels, we have wonderful tourism activities too, but it's more remote and it's more for adventurous people who like to make their own road trip and like that, no? So that's a beautiful place to discover. And then the south is just amazing because of the nature too. Malargue, they have this natural thermal bath. I find in the nature some amazing thermal baths that are wild with hot sources of water. You can have trekking, beautiful places just to discover in the mountains because I really, I'm a mountain person. I love to trek, to walk, to ski, to make randonnées. So the mountains are my activity and uh, recreation place. So this is where, where I travel usually. Wine regions, not that much. I'm not, not traveling specifically, specifically to wine regions. Prefer to do adventure travel. And when you have some of the best where you call home, you might as well go out and see what the rest of the world has to offer. Now, speaking of the wine, though, is there another female winemaker that you would like to raise your glass to now? Oh, winemakers, yes. There are a couple of winemakers. And just to name a few, Susanna Balbo, I raise a glass to her. She has had a big impact for getting Mendoza on the spot because she is an amazing winemaker and businesswoman. Then Estella Perinetti, she is the one who makes my wine. She's an amazing winemaker who learned with the best, which is Catena Zapata, one of the most known winemakers in Mendoza. And then Adriana, a very dear friend of mine, super nice woman, businesswoman too. Yeah, and Mariana Onofri, she's an amazing person too, friend of mine, super winemaker too, works in the wines. Those are the four that came into my mind. So raising a toast to them and thanking them for bringing Mendoza into the world map. Yes, a great community. All right. And to not overstay our welcome, I want to wrap up our conversation by asking, if our listeners haven't already done so during this episode, where can they go to book a stay, a restaurant or spa experience at Entre Cielos? The best and fastest way is through WhatsApp. 
and then our website, of course. Direct uh, bookings are always appreciated. And of course, you can ask your travel agent. They usually know us. Or if you are a member of Preferred Hotels, so we are very happy to be part of this new community that is called Preferred Hotels. Very exciting. Muchas gracias for joining us, Cecil, and for taking us on your adventure that brought you to Argentina. Uh, thank you, Molly, for all your nice questions and for letting me uh, describe and uh, present a little bit of Mendoza, which I think is a really beautiful destination to get to know with if you love food, wine, or mountains and hospitality. Thank you for listening along. I hope you found yourself to be in good company. I know I did. Be sure to rate and review, invite your friends along, and find out more ways to stay in good company in the show notes below. Until next time, remember to slow down and to savor the company you're in. Cheers, my friends.